Good morning, everybody. Welcome to 2019. Here in Victory Church, we are celebrating our service number 119. Welcome to January 6th, and we are about to start our service, so we will pray. Let's stand up and let's give thanks to our good Lord. Father, we worship you, we give you thanks, we adore you, and we are so happy to be in your house, Lord, worshiping you and giving you glory for all the wonders that you do in our lives. In Jesus' name, receive our songs, Lord. Amen. Though time it seems like I'm coming undone, this walk can often feel lonely. No matter what, until this race is won I will stand my ground When hope can be found I will stand my ground When hope can be found Oh Lord, oh Lord I know you hear my cry Your love is lifting me Above all the lies No matter what I this I know in time You'll take all that is wrong and make it right You'll take all that is wrong and make it right Your strength is found at the end of my road Your grace is reaching to the hurting through the tears and the questioning why I will stand my ground when hope can be found I will stand my ground when hope can be found oh Lord oh Lord I know you hear my cry your love is lifting me above all delights no matter this I know in time You'll take all that is wrong and make it right You'll take all that is wrong and make it right Make it right Make it right, right I will stand my ground I will stand my ground I will stand my ground When hope can be found I will stand my ground When hope can be found Oh Lord, oh Lord, I know you hear my cry Your love is lifting me above all the lies No matter Here I am, 
All my intentions, all my obsessions, I want to lay them all down in your hands. Only your love is vital, though I'm not entitled, still you call me your child. God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me. Somehow that frees me to take my hands off of my life and the way it should go. Oh, God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me. Somehow that frees me to open my hands up and give you control. I give you control. I have plans, shattered and broken. Things I have hoped in fall through my hands. You have plans to redeem and restore me. You're behind and before me. Oh, help me believe. God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me. Somehow that frees me to take my hands off of my life and the way it should go. Oh, God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me, somehow that frees me to open my hands up and give you control. I give you control. Somehow you want me, the King of Heaven wants me. So this world has lost its grip on me. So this world has lost its grip on me. You don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me. Somehow that frees me to take my hands off of my life and the way it should go. Oh, God, you don't need me, but somehow you want me. Oh, how you love me. Somehow that frees me to open my hands up and give you control. I give you control. Oh, I give you control. I want to give you control. I give you control. Somehow you want me, the King of Heaven wants me. So this world has lost its grip on me.
what if we take uh, a few minutes to pray specifically for special needs that each one of us has? How about that? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are here so grateful for life, so grateful, Lord, that you are giving us a new year. And we are here, Lord, blessed by your presence, forgiven, accepted by you. Our sins have been washed away. Thanks to you, Lord, because of the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ and that blood. And we thank you for all that, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you brought us to church today and some others are listening and watching, Lord. And all together, Lord, we are so blessed and grateful that you give us everything we need, Lord. And we thank you for that. But Lord, there are special needs that we want to lift up this morning to you, Lord. And everyone knows exactly what is what everyone needs and wants. I ask you, Father, please listen to the prayers of my brothers and sisters in this very moment. Now, I invite you to say to the Lord what is what you need right now. Listen to the prayers of your people, Father, please. Thank you, Lord, that you listen to the prayers of your people. Listen to what they are asking you, Father, please. Thank you, Lord, that you listen to what they need. Now, Lord, we lift up our hands and we say to you, thank you for listening. Thank you for paying attention to our requests. And we thank you, Lord, and we believe that you will do great things in our lives, Lord, because you are a wonderful God, creator of heaven and earth. There is nothing impossible to you, Lord. Father, the nations are in your hands, the planet and everything else, Lord, in your kingdom. And we thank you, Lord, for being such a great Lord to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. Oh, hello, 2018. I saw that... Uh, in a couple of places, and especially in in a house, it, it was it was so special. Oh, hello, 2018. <laughs> I love it, and I think that's the way that we need to to say to give the welcome to this year. Oh, hello. We are ready to start, and you know, every year we need to kind of uh, refocus, right? Okay, what are the priorities in our lives? And the, as, as you can see here in the decor of our church, we have several clocks and it's time here. There is a, a sign that it says the time to bring Jesus into your life is now. I love that sign. Many clocks in the beautiful scripture for this year that the Lord gave us in Colossians chapter 3 verse 10. 
Now you are wearing a new life, a life that is new every day. You are growing in your understanding of the one who made you. And you are becoming more and more like him. Another beautiful poster here. And this gigantic clock, I mean, it's, it's all new. We, we want to restart the year in the proper way. And because we want to do that, we need to come back to the basics of the doctrines. And uh, probably one of the passages that many people uh, don't know that describe the basic six doctrines of the church are here in the letter to the Hebrews in chapter 6, verse 1 and 2. And we want to read it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We read, we began our new life by turning away from the evil we did in the past and by believing in God. That's when we were taught about baptisms, laying hands on people, the resurrection of those who have died, and the final judgment. Here in this passage, we find the six basic doctrines of the church, and we are going to study that. So you have your bulletins with you, and for those who are listening, we invite you to download the bulletin and take uh, your time to write wonderful things that we are going to discuss today in the kingdom of God. I don't know how you feel about going to the scripture every day, you know, every morning in my home, my wife and I, we take our time before anything. Before we start the day with work and everything we have to do, we need to go to do our devotion. It's such an important time. And every time we go to the scripture, that is my question. I don't know if you feel as excited as I am every day, just thinking what the Lord is going to say to me today. I just love that feeling. And I want you to, to get that excitement as we study this, because this is, this is a message that, that is, uh, it is an interesting way to review what is exactly what really matters in, in all the things that we learn in church. And let's just start with the first doctrine, is the doctrine of repentance. What is the meaning of repentance? Is a turn 180 degrees. Now, you might have heard probably somebody saying, well, you know, it was a total change. It was a 360 degree. But you know that that is, is not a change because 360 will take you exactly where you were. <laughs> 180 is a U-turn. And that is the beginning of uh, this knowledge, this understanding of what repentance is. Repentance is a U-turn. Basically, we stop doing what, what is wrong and we start doing what is right. We know that. And we do, we stop doing wrong things, evil things in the eyes of the Lord. Now, I want you to see that. That the evil that we need to stop doing is the evil in the eyes of the Lord. Not the evil in the eyes of people. Or what is not evil in the eyes of people. Because you know that in these days, there are many people that they okay all kind of behavior. They say it's okay. And it is sad because even you see some churches in the world that they practice certain things that are just an abomination in the eyes of God. You know what I am talking about. And you know, we don't need to say anything to them, but we need to think about it. What we need to stop is to stop doing what is evil in the eyes of the Lord. Not trying to please people, but 
trying to please the Lord. And basically what we need to stop doing is bad things that basically are bad habits. You know, all of us have bad habits. All of us, you know. Sometimes the bad habit could be probably scratching your, your head when you are thinking and it's annoying and people are looking at you and you are not being aware of that, you know. It's a bad habit, you know. Or uh, cleaning your nose in the presence of others and you, you don't see those things, you know, bad habits, etc. Bad habits, we need to get rid of it. And how do we change those habits? Well, we change it by changing our routine. We need to create new habits and implement a, a structured lifestyle to be accountable in order to protect yourself. You know, whatever things you do that are bad, that are evil in the eyes of the Lord. And I know it is hard to get rid of certain bad habits. I know that because myself, like you, had bad habits. And it's hard just to stop doing what is wrong because it is so, we are so used to do those things. You know, example, saying bad words or reacting in a certain way is we are just so used to do that that it's hard to change. But we can do it. We can change that by changing our routine. This is what, what I suggest you to do. Think about what is a bad thing, what is one evil thing that you might be doing. Think about that. And then start trying to change the routine about that particular thing. The routine is the key. And the other thing that is very useful is to be accountable. You know, a lot of people don't like to be accountable, right? A lot of people, they, they say, you know, I don't like to give a, an account of my actions because I feel that they, they are cutting my freedom. You know, I, I disagree. I think that when I am being accountable, actually, I'm protecting myself because I know the bad things that I can do. If you are aware of that, that you are doing certain things that are not right, you need to find somebody that you can be accountable. And that is what I have to say about that. The second doctrine is the doctrine of believing in God. Okay, what, 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 is, the, what is the meaning of believing in God? Well, the first thing is you pray to God. That is the first thing. When you are believing in God, you need to start praying to him. Some people hear about God, and they get an idea about God and the church, but they don't make that first step, which is praying to him. In other words, talking to him. When you believe in God, the first thing that you do is you start to pray, and you pray out loud. You go to a particular place, and you say, I'm going to talk to the Lord. You get your chair, you get situated, and you start saying, Lord, uh, I don't know how to start. I am not used to pray, but I want to pray. And I want to talk to you about my life, etc. You start talking to him, and then how do you think that you will receive an answer from the Lord? It's through the word, the word of God. That's why every day you need to go to the Bible. You go to the scripture, you go to your Bible, whether it's a hard copy or digital copy, and you start reading. And when you are reading the Bible, faith is going to come to you. And you will see how your uh, 
that, that strength that comes from him is, will continue growing in you. And as a result of that, your expectations to see God moving in your life. You see? But watch this. The first thing is I stop doing what is wrong and I make a U-turn, right? I stop doing what is wrong and then I continue believing by praying, reading the Bible, and then I start to expect a miracle. Because that is, that is the point, my friends, of having faith. You have desires in your life. You have hopes in your life. You have dreams in your life, not just for you, but other people. Well, release that faith by expecting that he will move in your life. He will move in your life as long as you continue praying to him, reading the Bible, and developing that expectation in your heart. Lord, you're gonna, you are going to move. You are going to move. And that is the second doctrine, believing in God. The third one is the doctrine of baptisms. Mark 16, 16, it declares clearly that all those, all those who believe and get baptized experience eternal life, will experience eternal life. Baptism in water is necessary for every believer. We need to go to the water and get baptized. But also, we know that there is another baptism, is the baptism in the Holy Spirit that Matthew 3.11 speaks about. It. The Lord Jesus will baptize you, John the Baptist says, with Holy Spirit and fire. What is that? My friends, being baptized with the Holy Spirit is something beautiful because you will experience that passion that comes from heaven that makes you love him so much that he becomes your priority number one. You are fully baptized in the Holy Spirit when all that you want to do is to please him. And whatever you do, you are working, you are taking care of your business or your home or whatever it is what you do, you just know that the Lord is with you. There is a fire inside of you, and you cannot stop thinking of God. You cannot stop thanking God. You cannot stop talking about God everywhere you go. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is one experience that is another personal experience. Only you and nobody else can do it for you. You have to do it. You are going to be immersed. And as a result of that baptism, things can happen to you. People experience different things. Some people feel literally a fire in their bodies. Some people can start speaking in tongues. Some people can experience tremendous faith and then gifts that come to them in, in a very miraculously way. And why is that? Because it's God moving through you, you see? It's not just a mental thing. It's not, a, not just an intellectual relationship between you and the Lord. It's the Lord moving through you, touching people. And then you will see miracles of healing, provision, transformation, renovation. And the most important thing is that you just keep that love in, the, in your heart for the Lord. And you are just, oh my gosh, I cannot even describe it. It's just that you just have so much for him that you can't contain it. Because you are baptized with the Holy Spirit. The passion of being with him. The fourth doctrine is the doctrine of laying hands on people. What is exactly that? Laying hands on people, you know, you put your hand upon somebody. Everybody does that. 
you say hello to someone, hey, how you doing? You give him a hug, right? Okay. But I, this is not exactly what this doctrine is about. This doctrine is about giving an importation of blessing. It's a dedication of someone who is releasing the blessing to somebody that is receiving the blessing. That is the doctrine of laying hands on people. So examples that I can give you about it, simple examples, is when you receive the blessing from your parents or your grandparents, and they, they simply come, put their hands on your shoulder or in your head, and they say, I want you to know that you have my blessing. Do you know how powerful are those words in people? Or maybe you know what I am talking about, or maybe you don't. But when you receive that blessing, that, that blessing, you receive that importation of that blessing coming from somebody in your life. It is wonderful. Now, the question now is, if you are willing to give that importation to others, if you are willing to share what is in you to others, with others, and we should do that. We should just pray for people, and especially with kids, touch them. Touch them. And say, I want you to know that you are blessed. You are a blessing in my life. And I want you to know that I pray. Here's the blessing, right? And I want you to know son, daughter, grandson, granddaughter, niece, nephew, whatever. I want you to know that I am praying that you will have a great life. I pray that you will be a very good Christian, a godly person, devoted to the Lord. I pray that you will have great health all your days of your life. I pray that you will be smart. I pray that you will receive wisdom. I pray that you will receive understanding. I pray that you will be uh, so prosperous, successful in everything you do. I pray you will have a wonderful family. I pray you will have children. I pray that you will have great success in your businesses, in your career, in your education, etc. You can just release that blessing while you are laying your hands on them. And that is what we do here in church. Many people are totally unaware that I am doing that constantly upon everybody. I am touching them and I'm releasing constantly blessings upon each one of you. All the time, touch them. Sometimes, you know, I just give a hug and I release the prayer and the person is even unaware that I am praying in that moment for them. Comes from your heart. You can release that blessing. Comes from your heart and is released through your words and laying hands on those people. Now, you know, sometimes the blessing is a material blessing. You need to document the blessing, <laughs> right? Because you can say, hey, son, I want you to know this is your car and this car is yours, etc. And I hope that you will take care, good care of the vehicle. And I hope that you will do this. And I hope this, and blah, blah, blah. We say the whole thing, right? And we release that. And here are the keys. But we don't finalize the process by doing the documentation. No, we need to finish the documentation. You know, back in the day, that was not needed. You know, when uh, the patriarchs gave the blessing, that's it. There was no document. But today is different, right? Today is very different. So let's do that in the right way. The fifth doctrine is the doctrine of the resurrection of those who have died. It's a very important doctrine that we need to know. And here there are two views about it. 
And you need to know and be aware of this. Some people believe that believers, when die, they go to an eternal sleep. That's what they believe. And they base that on 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 14 through 16, and 1 Thessalonians 15, verses 51 through 52. They say clearly that we will be asleep, and there is a trumpet, and the time when the Lord comes, and boom, voila, those who have died will be back in life. That is one view about the resurrection of those who have died. That is one, the first view. But the second view is different. That view says that believers will go to heaven immediately when they die. And that is based on the next scriptures, Romans chapter 8, 38 through 39, Philippians chapter 1, verse 23, and 2 Corinthians 5, 8 through 9. And those scriptures basically says that the person will be either here or with the Lord. Now, regardless what is your view, your position about it, and regardless of those things, what we know is what the Lord Jesus said in John chapter 11, verse 25. He says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. Everyone who believes in me will have life even if they die. So whether is the person will sleep until the final resurrection or will go immediately to heaven, what we know is that whoever believes in the Lord Jesus will have eternal life. Another example of that is in Matthew 7, 17, 1 through 3, when Moses and Elijah are in a moment with the Lord Jesus together. Moses and Elijah alive. What that tells you? They are alive, correct? In Acts 7 and verse 59, Stephen, the first martyr of the church, he saw the Lord Jesus and he says, Lord, take my spirit. Take me right away. And then he died. What we know is this. There is a resurrection for those who have died. We know that. And that is a beautiful doctrine that we need to treasure. And finally, we are going to talk about the doctrine of final judgment. What is that? 2 Corinthians 5.10, Hebrews 9.27, and Revelation 20, 12 through 15. They say basically this. Everyone must die once, and then they are judged. At the end of our lives, we all are going to be judged. Judged. Now, we know that for us believers, things are different, correct? And that is the beauty of the gospel. So, if we read here in John chapter 3, verses 18 through 19, people who believe in God's Son are not judged guilty. But people who do not believe are already judged because they have not believed in God's only Son. They are judged by this fact. The light has come into the world, but they did not want light. They wanted darkness because they were doing evil things. So what is exactly the, the judgment that we are uh, hearing here? These are words of the Lord Jesus. What is what he is saying, basically? He's saying, for those who do not believe, they are already judged. That is the judgment. You see? And any point here, the Lord is saying that the result of the judgment is because of their actions. No. Their actions are just their actions. 
But the judgment comes as a result of believing or not believing. You see? So our work, our participation in this process is simple. It's just to believe. And that drives crazy a lot of people because they say, you are saying that just by believing in the Son of God, we have eternal life, the forgiveness of our sins, and that's it. And we say, yeah, it's exactly what the Lord Jesus told us. It's exactly the doctrine of the scripture, the gospel, the good news. Our job is just to believe. And some people have so much trouble with that. You know that. Some people struggle with the idea of believing that simple fact. The question is, what about you? Do you believe? Do you truly believe that you, that the Lord Jesus is your Savior? That the Lord Jesus is the Son of God? That he is the one who will come back one day? Because if you believe that, the scripture tells you that you are forgiven. But those who do not believe, and perhaps someone that is listening today, maybe you, my friend, you are just thinking, I have trouble to believe that. I have trouble to believe that only by believing, I'm forgiven. This message is for you. Because you have to just open your heart and let the power of God come into your heart, the Holy Spirit, and he will show you that it's as simple as that, that he paid the price for your salvation. That is the beauty of the gospel. And those are the six doctrines that we have in Hebrews chapter 6. Something else that I would like to add, a scripture from John chapter 5, 24. I assure you, anyone who hears what I say and believes in the one who sent me has eternal life. They will not be judged guilty. They have already left death and have entered into life. So you are already eternal. You are already eternal. I am already eternal. Yes, my body will be continue deteriorating. Eventually I might die or maybe I will come in the ascension with the Lord Jesus when he comes back. It doesn't matter. But what I know is I already left death and I have entered into life. I am already eternal. And if you have that eternal life, think of this. If the Lord God gave you already eternal life, don't you think that he will give you everything else you need in your life? He gave you eternal life, the forgiveness of your sins. Do you think it's a problem for him to give you the little things that you need? He already blessed you with that. Revelation 11, 18, section B. Now, you know, at the very end of the times, now is the time for the dead to be judged. It is time to reward your servants, the prophets, and to reward your holy people, the people great and small who respect you. I want you to know, my friends, that every single little thing that we do for the Lord, one day he will reward us for that. Anything we do for him, 
whether it's a material thing or it's an action, it's a work, whether it's by doing something for somebody or doing something here for the church, everything we do for him is going to be rewarded. There is a time that that will happen. And the whole thing is that the Lord wants to continue having relationship with us. He wants to continue developing that relationship with us every day. If we have eternal life, that's wonderful. With eternal life, the rest of the things that we need, praise Jesus. But he says, listen, I'm giving you eternal life. I'm forgiving you for your sins. I'm giving you everything you need, but I want something from you, my child. And we say, what is it, Father? Heavenly Father, what is it what you want? I want to continue communicating with you. Do not stop talking with me. Do not leave me for the things that I am giving you, which is sad. Especially in some parts of the world, like here in West Texas, where there is so much abundance of things. And suddenly you see people that believed in God at one point, but suddenly started to go in the wrong direction because of material things. Suddenly the stuff was more important than God himself. And they left the church, left the kingdom of God, and they betrayed themselves and betrayed their families and everything else. And they suffer. And that is not what the Lord wants us to do. All that he wants is to keep that relationship with us. Don't miss it. Treasure it. Cherish your relationship with the Lord. Cherish that time between you and the Lord every day. Don't think that this time with you doing your devotion is an obligation or it is it's like a, it's mandatory to you. No. Don't, don't think of that. Think of that devotion time with the Lord like your opportunity to continue knowing him. Knowing him more. That is beautiful. I'm going to invite Tracy to come here. She has a song for us today. Standing high upon the mountain A victory's been Sure enough, I fall. 
to say I need that connection with God join me in a prayer dear God you know my past you know everything that I have done there are no secrets you know everything about me I am so sorry I want to change you have the power to do it please Lord forgive me I need you. I need your forgiveness. I need a new opportunity in my life. Please give me that possibility to become the person that you want me to be. I pray in the name of Jesus. And I believe that you already started a new season for me. Thank you for your forgiveness. I love you, God. If you open your heart to the Lord, you are blessed. You receive that forgiveness and that eternal life in Jesus' name. And because of that, we, we can just be so happy. So happy to be saved 
And all together, we can say a declaration, right? I am forgiven and saved by faith in Jesus. My life is going to be great and blessed this year, 2019. Amen. Friends, you're blessed in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Have a beautiful week. Amen. Temptation comes and someone stands to fight. Anytime somebody.